The Fitness Reborn podcast is a companion piece to Renaissance Fitness personal training. This podcast is to serve as educational and entertainment purposes only. It does not in any way constitute as medical advice. If you have a medical concern, please seek out your provider. Hello and welcome. This is the latest episode of the Fitness Reborn podcast. My name is Sean from Renaissance Fitness Personal Training, where we put movement ahead of workouts. And my guest today is uh, Ricardo Wilkins. He is the author of Life. Thank Survival. you, Sean. It's a pleasure to and, be here um, and uh, you know, I'm share a little bit. Hearing with more the about that. And Ricardo here. He's, he's also a world traveler too. I've seen his uh, stuff on Facebook quite a bit, and he's been. A lot of di- different and cool places, places I'd like to go. So yeah. I'm sure he's going to talk to us about that as well. It's a big part yeah. of his background. So, Ricardo, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, I, I appreciate it, Sean. You know, um, yeah, like you mentioned, travel is my inspiration. My other inspiration is health. So, uh, yeah, it's a pleasure to be on the podcast and share a little bit uh, with your listeners. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Ricardo, um, just so I like to kind of get a, a background history yeah. on people so people know, you know, um, who we're talking to really here and what led us mm-hmm. to this point here. So, you know, Life's Biohack, it's a pretty bold title, if I can <laughs> say so myself, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm sure every, everyone would like to know what the, the hack of life is. Sure, <laughs> sure. Someone who can share, share that with us all the better. So, um, so what got us here, man? Yeah, I um so I'm from the DC area and like a lot of people that you know live in the DC area worked for the government and uh, I worked for the government for a lot of years um in some form or fashion. I was at the EPA for about um at the time at this time I learned about this area of health um that my book is based on uh, about 14 years in the same position for the most part and the uh, same office, same cubicle and I was just you know, just really uninspired and uh, just really felt stuck. Wanted to do, wanted to do something different. And uh, but the one thing I can focus on was my health. So I was always, you know, over the years, just, you know, very intentional about what I, you know, exercising and what I put in my body, what I didn't put in my body. So I, always, I was always learning. And uh, just one random day, because I was just bored at work, didn't have a lot to do. I came across a video with a health expert and and it, uh, they didn't say a lot, but mentioned this unique, um, uh, I would say novel, but vast area of science that I never heard of called redox signaling or redox biology. And uh, I, I had never heard of it before. And I was like, what is this? So uh, essentially, the, un- the he said a few things about um, the cellular aging. And they said a few things. Uh, it was unique. And I never heard of it before. So that kind of really got my attention. And that just led me on a rabbit hole um, that I didn't look up from over the course of four years, just uh, really engrossing myself in um, the, the literature that's out there about this, uh, this function in the body. And it was led me to writing my book, starting writing my book six months ago. Right, nice. Well, you know, just to prove that it, of course, is a very much a small world out there. This is the second time I've actually heard about Redox. Okay. Um, I had a guest on. I had a guest on a couple months ago, um, Danielle Matthews. I don't know if you've ever heard of her. If you know her, um, I she know. introduced <laughs> this whole thing of Redox. She introduced this whole thing of uh, Redox to me, and uh, like you, I'd never heard about it until I had her on my show. So that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, well, to show you see even a smaller world, I know Danielle very, very well. Um, uh-huh. uh, we worked closely uh, for four years. She's one of the people that um, uh, has helped me help me learn about this and work together um, uh, very closely for the for four years, sharing this area of health and the products related to it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, she was really cool. She really explained it pretty well. And um, so, you and say like you work, both uh, of us, she's from the, also from Maryland. Oh, so, like both of us, she's also yeah, from Maryland. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that was the other thing too. Yeah, she was. Uh, I mean, I haven't lived in Maryland for years and years. Of, okay, um, but uh, I've been out here for pretty much the majority of my life. But you know, I still go back there when I can. Uh, so it kind of just go back a little bit. So you say you were for, you work for the EPA, which for those mm-hmm. of you who are not American and you're listening to this, that's the Environmental yeah. Protection Agency. Um, you worked there uh, for a number of years. Uh, what exactly did you do there? Yeah, my job was there. Um, it's interesting because I touched on this a little bit in my book in a roundabout way, kind of was one of the inspirations for writing the book. And I can share about that a little later, but um, I didn't do anything, uh, you know, as far as policy or anything science related there. I just had a records management position, um, just reviewing, doing database stuff, um, things along that line, nothing exciting at all. (laughs) Okay. Gotcha. But you said, uh, you said earlier that you were kind of just, you know, kind of coasting along in life and, Mm -hmm. um, didn't really find too much uh, satisfaction or much of anything. So um, you found Redox. And, well, first of all, how did you come in contact with that? I mean, was it just kind of a random, you know, ran to somebody and they were talking about this and then you just kind of, like you said, went down that rabbit hole? Yeah, sort of. You know, I, I looking back on it, I didn't realize this at the time, but it was one of those things where I feel like I was just, you know, spiritually, divinely, universally, however you want to describe it, guided. And uh, I was just watching a video with two um, doctors, two health experts talking about other stuff. They were just, they were, when I was watching this again, curious just to learn. Uh, and they mentioned, you know, this stuff, redox signaling and it's stable stabilization in the bottle. And it just sounded, yeah, it just sounded like I'm some, it, it, it almost, I don't know if you or your listeners can relate to this. It's almost like something you're searching for, but you didn't know you were searching for that. You didn't know was out there kind of. So, something intuitively just kind of like spoke to me to just, you know, dive a little deeper, even though I didn't understand a lot. Um, like I mentioned before, some of the things they said it did for cellular aging got my attention. So I just start like on my own, just researching and learning. I start, uh, there was a product that uh, that's attached that represents this area of health, I would say. So I started using that and really just to protect my health. And over like two months, I was just, well, four years, but initially like two months was just like learning everything I could try to wrap my head around it. And, um, yeah, just like studies and, you know, peer reviewed all this, everything books. I was just engrossed in it and not for a particular reason. I had no idea I might write a book, uh, about this one day, but, uh, I was just, yeah, it was just really inspired to, to learn more the uniqueness of it. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. So, I mean, I just, I, I kind of want to just, I don't want to touch on this too much though, because it's, this is not about Redox, this is about you, but sure. um, maybe you could share with us, I mean, some of the things that you actually got um, from using this, this new product 
sure. know, in terms of like cellular cellular rejuvenation and things like that. Things that can actually be put into like um, yeah. maybe more quanti- more quantifiable terms because I yeah, can see totally. like with people with stuff this stuff when you when you when you're marketing anything out there that's like being sold as like lightning in a bottle that's going to mm-hmm. be X Y Z one two three for you yeah you know, it's gonna uh, it's gonna obviously run into a fair amount of skepticism from totally. people who are just gonna who are just gonna maybe you know wonder oh, is this stuff really working or is this really more of the placebo effect and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you can actually like go into what it actually did for you, that can actually be shown to be like empirically proven, I think sure. a more, uh, convincing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Something a little bit more tangible. Is, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, like I meant, so when I started, uh, when I started using it, I learned about it. The, again, I, I didn't, I learned about it a little differently than most people, um, where someone sharing with them and saying it did this, did that. So I went into it based on what this doctor said, oh, this can just protect my health as I get older. That was like my mindset going into it. Um, That said, when I started using it, I was, and I didn't know this was something that I could benefit, that I would would benefit from. I was having sleep issues for like, uh, maybe like nine months or so. And I never had sleep issues before. And I tried a lot of, like, I was just trying a lot of things. And it got to the point where I was thinking about getting something, you know, something prescribed, um, cause that's how just disruptive it was, uh, in my life at that time. And, um, yeah, nothing else was, was, uh, really helping. And, uh, I started using this and my sleep improved, um, within, I would say days. And I actually didn't even realize it. Like I just, one of those things that adjusted and I was like, Oh wait, my sleep's been like back to normal since I started. So that was the first thing, which I wasn't expecting. And then fast forward, probably like the biggest, I would say, life changing thing to happen for me. And, you know, you working in fitness and, uh, you know, being a, a physical trainer um, can appreciate this. Uh, and maybe your listeners it was just getting older. My workout recovery was becoming more and more problematic. Um, I just be very fatigued after working out. You know, I worked out pretty intensely uh, through, you know, several for several years, a few times a week. And, you know, it just was breaking down, you know, after my works out and I would have to, after my workouts and have to take, you know, rest, take recuperative days, take weeks off just to give my body cells time to, um, you know, replenish, I'd say. And, uh, knowing I knew a lot of, uh, Olympic athletes and professional athletes use this and in- incorporated this into their before and after workout routine for performance and recovery. So I said, you know what, I'm going to start taking it before and after outside of the general times I take it for health um, to see what it does. And it's been like, I mean, I still I'm still it's been three years since I started that. It still amazes me. It absolutely still amazes me how good I feel after I work out, um, depend, you know, regardless of how hard I work out. Gotcha. Gotcha. So in, improvements in sleep and improvements in recovery. That's yeah. What you got most out of it. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. So you got on, you got, all right. So you got onto Redox, you got sold on them because you noticed dramatic improvements in the quality of your life. And so from there, um, now we have life's biohack. Um, right. And I'm, I'm thinking that there has to be quite a bit in between, you know, point A and point B here. So what led to writing life's biohack? I mean, it's, it's kind of one thing to be sold on this kind of, uh, this new product here that's doing wonders for you. Um, sure. 
But then you, when, you, when you take the leap to write a book about it, so that's a big <laughs> commitment. Yeah, it is a big commitment. I'm, and I'll, I'll be honest with you. I had a lot of, you know, a lot of self-talk I had to, um, you know, just you had to change the story in my head a little bit about, you know, I'm not a health professional. I'm not a mm-hmm. doctor. All that. Like, who am I to be, you know, writing a book about uh, this uh, field of health? That said, I knew I, um, like I mentioned earlier, I, I spent, I dedicated myself to just learning a lot about not just this product, but just this area of science. And um, I'm in a hotel right now. If I had some of the textbooks I purchased um, to just learn about it, um, I knew enough. I knew I knew enough. Um, became enough of an expert in it where I could uh, write this book. And what inspired me um, with the um, with spawn this idea to write it was uh, I was watching a documentary called Stink, and it was about the use of toxins or increased use in toxins in household products over the last few decades and how the increase in human disease and health condition correlates to this usage. And I was, um, you know, just frustrated, you know, frustrated, annoyed, you know, and I hadn't heard anything. I didn't hear anything I necessarily haven't heard before, but it just hit me a little bit differently. And I know a lot of people out there who take their health seriously. Um, so I said, you know what, I'm going to write a book, um, a, a short book, a handbook, because part of the title is the handbook um, about this field of health. It's not about the product. Um, I touch on it more in theory, um, a, a portion in the book, but the book is about just this, how I was inspired to write learn about this and the actual science of it, um, what the science literature says um, that's being studied in institutions around the world and uh, um, colleges and universities. Um, so I just wanted to write a dig- easy, short introduction into this field of health because while it's vast, um, it's still novel that most people, you know, don't know about. Even most uh, health professionals um, don't know about it because it's not something taught in schools, uh, medical school. Well, it wasn't taught in medical school, medical schools. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to, you know, just was inspired to put it together so that people um, that have an interest in maybe protecting their health um, even more, uh, like like myself, would be interested in gaining a little bit more awareness about um, redox biology and redox signaling. Right. Okay. So, you know, the book is more of a kind of a memoir or more of kind of like a, almost like a journey of what, of your experience with redox? Um, not, not necessarily. Um, you know, the, the first, the second chapter is how I got here, um, which I touch on, you know, a little bit what I'm, what we're sharing today. Um, chapter three is kind of, I touch on just nutrition and how, Mother Nature um, is actually titled. Uh, it's actually titled um, the Human Body and Mother Nature. Put so many, you know, nourishing things in our environment um, from plants and animals. Well, not more plants. I'd say, you know, vitamins and minerals and herbs to nourish our body. And then Chapter Four, I touch on what inspired me um, was this documentary. And then I go into redox signaling, um, how it works, how it's created in the body. Um, the areas, all the areas of the body or some of the area bodies that it plays a role in and so on and so forth. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Yeah. So the documentary stink. Yeah. Uh, I ne- never heard of it before. Uh, mm-hmm. sounds interesting. So, yeah. you know, give us a little bit of a 
explanation. I mean, you kind of did already. Right? You told us what it's about, but mm-hmm. um, what? Tell us more about the impression that made on you, and why mm-hmm. so much so that it made you include it in this book. Yeah, yeah. I um, so yeah. So part of the title is um, the toxic talk. To- the part of the title of my book is the toxic environment threatening human health. Right. So that's the part that really I wanted to. The, what inspired me to write the book? I wanted to include that. Um, and, uh, I, so stink is about, you know, it's a single dad, his wife had died of cancer, uh, a few years prior and he, um, got ordered some pajamas for his daughter and he noticed a strong chemical smell. So he started investigating just to try to determine what was in it. He was stonewalled and this just led him on, um, you know, just really led to the documentary of, of, of uncovering the the loopholes that um that a lot of companies use to put harmful chemicals and uh toxins in household products and how this correlates to the increase in disease um uh, around the world really but uh, more focused on the united states and uh so that's just a brief synopsis of what's what it's about and yeah, just to, you know, just, you know, this kind of ties back to my time at the EPA, because one of the things I did there, I came across and saw a lot of um, comments. So, you know, the, not to get into the function of the EPA, but there's always uh, new rules and regulations that are going out that, that the public has an opportunity to comment on. And so I would have the opportunity to see these comments. So you imagine over, you know, uh, uh, almost 17 years, I saw a lot of comments, right? Um, and a lot of them was the impact that toxins and pesticides had on people's lives. And, you know, financially, obviously health-wise, um, you know, deaths. So just seeing that, that definitely uh, imprinted um, a certain, a certain, um, I'll say, emotions uh, within. So then watching the documentary uh, that touched on that as well, um, yeah, it was kind of like uh, inspired me to write this. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Uh, okay, so you wrote your book last year, is that right? I start. Yeah, it was. A, yeah, it wasn't supposed to take that long, but I think it was one of those things that was just supposed to happen that way. <laughs> I think I started it in May, and uh, I finally finished it at the end of December. Gotcha. All right, all right. So it was finally. Was, did you self-publish or did you publish? I self-publish. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Self-publish. Self-publish. Yeah. Okay, so it's been out there since December, last December of 2022. Well, I, I, I completed it in the December. Um, I published okay. it officially January 3rd. Yep. January 3rd. Okay. Yeah. All right. So what's all right? So what's the uh, response been so far? It's been great. It's been it's been good. I've been excited about the response I've been getting from people. Um, the, the goal was to compact, you know, everything that I've learned over the four years about this area of health and also how to better, mm-hmm. um, communicate it, you know, so it makes sense for people. Um, and a short, you know, here's, I have a, the book here is really small. I have a, I have a friend who, um, so I wanted to just be easy, digestible, something where people okay just made sense where they you know yeah where it just made sense for people um and i have a friend who got the book and you know he knew kind of like a little bit about what i did a little bit and you know it wasn't you know it's not his thing and uh but he got it to support me and he was like 
I really wasn't planning to really read it anytime soon, but when he got it, he saw how short it was and uh, read it. And he, he said, wow, I completed my first book in 2023. So that was the goal. You know, there's a lot of other books out there that are, that are uh, a lot thicker um, and a lot more dense and go into um, the detail much more than mine. But I just wanted to be straight to the point. Um, what is this field of health? What is this? How does it work in the body? How does it impact health? Why is it decline as we age? And where's the future going um, in this field of health? Have you heard? Um, have you, I can't think of the book right now, but I read this sure. book probably about a year ago. Mm-hmm. It's from an Australian writer. Uh, he's a scientist. It, the book was about aging, how aging, uh-huh. um, how you can how you can actually age backwards. I think his name is mm-hmm. like David Slade or something like that. Uh huh. Um, or maybe the book is called The Aging Code or something like that. I don't know, but yeah. it, it was interesting because the um, the the um, hypothesis behind it was that you know we could actually treat aging as it were like any other disease, you know, which mm-hmm. is like a progressive disease where things start to structurally break down, they break down on a cellular level, and then yeah. eventually ends in death, and that we can actually treat that now, or we can begin to, or we're making strides to, we can actually. Um, kind of literally like re- rewind the clock here and go backwards in aging. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. redox seems like redox seems like it's along similar lines to that. I'm not sure what the field of study that he's involved in or what it's called. Um, and I can't even remember off the top of my head what the name of the book is. I'm probably if I search through my shelf here, I could probably yeah, find it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but. Uh, yeah. So, what do you think about what do you think about that in terms of treating treating uh, aging like it were uh, a progressive disease? Yeah, I haven't read that book, but I think there's a lot of good books that um, that took going to that you know that idea that aging is a disease. You know, that aging is really a disease that um, like other diseases can be treated. Um, I know David Sinclair is really big in this. Um, this field, he's a, uh, a doctor. David Sinclair, right? He, yeah, he's at, at, at Harvard. Yeah, you know, he's kind of like one of the people spearheading this, along with a lot of other people. And um, I'm actually a part of a, a group on Facebook called Life Extension. Um, Life Extension, and always we get the second part, but it's it's literally a group where people just post studies and research that modalities and supplements that people can. Um, utilized with this idea of extending their job longevity, um, their, their lifespan through these, these, you know, biohacking as you will. Um, so yeah, it's, 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 it's definitely vast, uh, redox. Um, you know, I touch on, you know, it's, it is involved in aging, um, redox signaling processes in, involved in aging, um, along with other areas, uh, it's much more, um, I would say broad than that in the body. Um, and honestly, that's what, that's what got my attention when I first heard the doctor, um, you know, that I mentioned, mentioned this, cause he, he said a few things that that happens as far as the age reversal and a certain amount of time. Um, as far as this, this, this redox thing, uh, supplement. So that, and at the time I was learning more about this longevity research and, uh, people like I was learning about like David Sinclair and people like that. There's a supplement or a nutrient, I would say, called MNN, 
that is a precursor for something called NAD plus that our body produces that plays a role in aging. So I was actually learning about that. And that's why um, when the doctor said what he said, that's what got my attention because I was already kind of, you know, learning, you know, dipping my feet into uh, what you're talking about, you know, treating age as a disease. So when he said that, that was, I was like, oh, this, this can, this can go align with aging. Um, it wasn't for, you know, my sleep or exercise or anything like that. So, um, yeah, yeah, it will be interesting, exciting to see what, what, what else science uncovers. Yeah, it was, um, it was definitely an interesting read. Um, I, you know, I'm, honestly, I'm kind of on the fence about how I really feel about that because, yeah. um, I don't know. I mean, that the idea of treating age, the aging process as a, as a disease and that it can possibly be cured, you know, that's very fascinating. In some ways it's appealing, but you know, in other yeah. ways I'm thinking like, well, you know, if people don't age then of course they don't die of natural <laughs> yeah. causes. Yeah. And, you know, we, you know, I don't know, this, maybe this is getting a little dark already, but we already have an overpopulation <laughs> problem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we already have, you know, resources being strained as it is, yeah. you know, and I don't know. And the part of me wants to think, you know, why would you could potentially live forever, but why yeah. would you want to? Yeah, that's a good point. You know, that, that, um, my, my partner, her name is Ruthie. She actually wrote the four in my book. Um, and uh, she, she, I credit her uh, immensely for helping to put it together because she was, she's a really good writer. So every time I made changes, she got frustrated because she knew she was going to be, she, she was going to have to be the one to, to read it and edit it for yeah. me. But she works to say she works in uh, memory care and deals with, um, you know, her life is dealing with um, working with people that take care of uh, individuals with Alzheimer's and other and dementia. And she talks about similar to what you talk about with aging and this idea that um, like aging is a beautiful thing. And, you know, and this idea that people want to not that it's wrong or bad or shouldn't do things to, you know, just to I say great grow older gracefully or more or be healthier as they grow older. But that aging isn't a bad thing because she takes care of people that are old. And so the idea that, the idea that, you know, we try to, and, and which can lead to maybe how we treat um, older people, or our families treat older people, or respect we give older people, this idea that aging is a negative thing. Um, she, yeah, she kind of like, you know, the word anti-aging, she actually doesn't like um, because of what that might imply about people that are older, you know? So, and like you said, you know, there's a lot of people on the planet and it just keeps going up. So I think, yeah, and I kind of shifted my thoughts about it a little bit more. Um, is now I think about it as more growing, just being healthier as I grow older. So 10, 15, 20 years from now, I'm able to, you know, be as active as I can. Like, you know, movement, you know, what you work, you know, your work and movement and, and stretching and making sure we're still um, nimble. All that plays in, plays into that, just being, you know, being able to do things um, longer as we get older. Right. And I think that's realistically speaking, that's probably what you should expect from, you know, anything working with, you know, taking redox or mm -hmm. working out or, um, uh, just doing basic movements. Like I think that should be the North star right there is just being able to age. Yes. But age a bit more gracefully and not yeah. you know, fall into the kind of the stereotypical pocket of what an aging person would be. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, um, and it kind of gets back to, um, my book or, or the, the, again, what, what spawned the idea, what I wanted to focus on was, um, just protection, you know, just, just protecting our health, you know, and there's things that we can do, um, you know, as far as our lifestyle that we can do to protect our health. So we don't, you know, or limit the, uh, limit the opportunity or the chances that we might get a health condition or, you know, hurt our back a few years ago. I, you know, I had ended up getting back surgery, um, which was, you know, it, it turned out okay. But just the idea that I, um, cause I sat down for, you know, several years at a job and I wasn't, you know, I didn't at the time, I didn't have the knowledge to, you know, just, just, I should be stretching to be proactive. I should be stretching and movement like your, your work. So I had to end up getting back surgery. Right. So all that, you know, just anything that we can do or that I can do and share for people that want to, um, uh, you know, just protect their health um, as we get older. Right. So, I mean, one thing I want to ask you here, because again, we're dealing sure. with, you know, redox and we're, we're, you know, hacking the biological system, so to speak, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're, you know, in other words, we're trying to find, we're trying to find uh, ways to improve um, and possibly ways that are, you know, a little bit easier than say, maybe doing it the longer, harder ways, I guess if that's what you want to look at. That's, yeah. that's kind of what people tend to think when they, when they hear the word hack. I personally yeah. don't like that word because I mm-hmm. think I think it kind of um, it, it suggests that you're looking for ways of short circuiting the system, and I don't think that's really the case. Yeah. But, um, but no, nonetheless, you know, the argument can be made that there are a number of uh, toxins in our environment more so now than you know there have been before. But nonetheless, though the um, the uh, life expectancy has continues to increase. Mm-hmm. And yeah. people enjoy a, a quality of life now, at least in the first world. People enjoy a quality of life that is greater than it ever has been before, despite mm-hmm. these these toxins here. So, you know, I think to the average person who kind of looks around and says, you know, well, you know, I got, I'm in very great health. I live in this modern world. I'm in very good health. My blood work is okay. I got two parents that are into their nineties. Um, yeah. I, I haven't seen this. I haven't seen this kind of in invisible um invisible threat that you keep speaking of so uh maybe you can kind of like dial that in a bit more sure sure yeah that's kind of like that's 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 interesting because that's something that i thought about as i was putting this together just doing my research and getting more understanding is that like life expectancy has increased um and our you know health and what we can do as far as um you know, traditional medicine, you know, what if you want to call it alternative, whatever the case, people are live are, are, are somewhat healthier, at least as far living longer. At the same time, um, you know, statistics do show that, uh, you know, there are more, you know, autoimmune issues and can- cancer and all this, you know, there is both those things are happening. Right. So, and I, I thought about a lot about that when I wrote my book, um, Cause I didn't want to come off or imply that, you know, it was doomsday um, or it's all around doomsday, you know, for everyone and everyone was going to get, you know, like the health of future, the future health of everyone was, you know, just, you know, just going down a very slippery slope and we should all be scared. I didn't want to come off um, 
that way, but I did want to identify what um, what what the research shows and statistics show is an increase in health issues. Um, uh, like, yeah, my parents are pretty healthy, you know, like like yourself. My parents are, you know, early to mid seventies. Um, my my grandmother lived to be um, almost ninety. My grandfather almost just actually passed a couple of weeks ago, but you know, lived over ninety. Um, so yeah, people are definitely living longer. Um, my grand my grandma had a lot of chronic issues at the same time too. Um, so I think there's a balance. I think you know two things can be true. That's something I, I try to remind myself of all the time is that two things can be true. And I, I feel like a lot of just in everything, just how we look at the world, you know, politics or, you know, rage, just whatever the case, not to bring up controversial topics, but um, we just look at like one side of an issue a lot of times and two things can be true. So, um, yeah, yeah. So I think there is a, there is value in doing things, either be just eating a clean diet as possible, um, uh, as far as things we do in our household to limit toxins, uh, whatever the case to, to address what is out there. Um, but knowing that everything at the same time, is not, you know, extremely, uh, extremely problematic. Right. Exactly. Right. So, yeah. And just to clarify here, my, uh, the example I used was just an example. My parents yeah, 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 yeah. in their 90s. They're in their, oh, okay. they're, they're in their 70s. So. Okay. Okay. So, okay, okay. You know, okay. Yeah. I'm that's not, great. I was like, that's they're, great. They're not quite, yeah, they're not quite that far along. Yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah. Gotcha, um, gotcha. So I, w I want to talk about the, uh, you're, you seem like you're a pretty avid traveler from what I've seen. Just mm -hmm. briefly, you know, through your social media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so I kind of wanted to work that into the conversation sure. too. Is that is that a part? Did that kind of become an outgrowth of the Redox um, training or the Redox education, or was that always just a part of who you were? Yeah, that's something. It's really interesting. They both kind of um, were happening parallel, if you will. Um, my love for travel mm -hmm. uh, was separate in a way, but they, they paralleled each other. I got a lot of growth from both that I help think I help, you know, help both in a way. Um, right around the time I learned about uh, redox signaling, I, and again, I had this government job. Again, it's, it's really interesting how life plays out because it was literally the same time and um, like the same months I was just in this job. Like I had to get out. Like I was just really like, I was like, I, and the only reason why I didn't quit, I didn't have enough money saved to be honest. And, um, I was like, I just want to do something else, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. And, um, I didn't know which direction to go. So I love to travel, had been done some, you know, some international traveling at that point. Um, I had never, while I had traveled, I never been outside of the DC area for more than two weeks at that point in my entire life. You know, I went to college at the university of Maryland. So I said, you know what? And I wanted to be of service in some way. So I said, I'm going to just go travel and volunteer. Um, live somewhere else for a little bit. And um, yeah, and uh, and I was going to quit, but I had a lot of leave saved up and I got, thankfully I got permission to use two months worth of leave. So I went to Cartagena, Colombia to volunteer for two months. And uh, it was like really um, a transform transformative experience. And uh, it had a, yeah, it was just really an awesome experience. Um, and since then, you know, still traveled a lot over the last few years. My partner, she loved to travel. And uh, a year and a half ago, we decided to move out of our apartment in Washington, D.C. to 
drive across the U.S. and uh, just live as nomads. I went back to Columbia, Cartagena with her for a month to volunteer, uh, went to Africa. So now we're just nomads. We were just in, I uh, finished my book while I was in Ecuador uh, for seven weeks. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of our life right now. Just, just moving around a bit. Good. Yeah. Uh, sorry about that. We had a bit of a yeah, yeah. freeze no up there, but, uh, so yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that's, I think that's very interesting too, because I found like, especially as people get on in later in life in years, they, um, travel becomes a bigger part of want to be so they do kind of, they do somewhat take on this nomadic lifestyle especially if they're like in their retirement years i don't know if you're officially retired or not but uh travel and i think that's important too because it feels like it's almost something that got left out of their life because yeah. they were on this uh conveyor they were on this conveyor belt for the longest time you know they went to school they graduated they went to college they graduated they got a job they worked it they started a family they did all this stuff here it was just like they hit all they checked off all the all the boxes in life that you're supposed to hit but then you know they get to a certain point maybe their kids are grown and then they're off on their own and then they're like well wait a minute i missed out on a lot you know or maybe maybe they feel that way maybe not but i think for a lot of people that is the kind of the case here it's like well you know i never been to this this country and never seen mm -hmm. these things i've never done these things yeah. so it becomes like this uh kind of re, uh, re, uh, rekindling burning sensation mm -hmm. within them. And I think that's probably, I think that's probably travel. I think is a big part of the growing process as a person, um, traveling yeah. and reading, experiencing things that are outside of your comfort zone, because you know, your comfort zone obviously is very comforting mm -hmm. and that kind of, um, kind of, uh, you know, just kind of you know, seduces you into <laughs> you know, mediocrity. Yeah. Um, it can. And, and I think that's probably a big part. I, I think it's probably a big thing that's missing from a lot of people's lives is that when they had the chance before they took on so much, they didn't really travel very much and they didn't really see the, the wider world. And I think that's probably why a lot of people feel very dissatisfied when they get to a, a, a later part of their life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love that you shared that because that's what, um, you know, I had a, you know, I paint this picture. I, sometimes I don't want to paint a picture that my, you know, I had this job that, um, you know, I was very displeased with, but I didn't have, my life wasn't, it wasn't like I, not, I had a lot of fun outside of work, I would say, but I wasn't traveling. Um, and then I did a, a little bit of traveling. And then when I got with my partner, she had already done some traveling. And then that just kind of just, we just start like international once or twice a year, different places in the U S and it, yeah, it just, it just shaped my start shaping how I, um, what I valued, how I looked at the world, how changing my perspective about, you know, myself, um, yeah, other people. And my time in Colombia in Cartagena was really, I was sharing this with someone, uh, yesterday, the one thing that I like, they asked what was the one takeaway that I could that, that I took from that, and it was that the things that I hold on to so tightly in life that I feel you know I need for value or need to be happy, tangible things. 
didn't matter to me anymore. You know, I was, I was, um, I, I call it immersive volunteering. Like I was really immer immersed myself in the experience. Uh, yeah, I was living with two people, you know, a little older than me that didn't know any English in a really small apartment um, in this, you know, non, you know, expat neighborhood. I was volunteering on the beach. I just, this really impoverished neighborhood on the beach. Um, I was learning to play the violin. I was learning Spanish. I was just doing all these things and just immerse myself. And I wasn't really connected with anything back home. So, and I was just really, really content. And it just told me that all the things that I hold on to so tightly and need and want, they didn't matter anymore. So if I could, you know, better adopt that as I move forward in life, um, uh, which I continue to do through traveling, uh, it's actually very, very, just been very rewarding. Yeah, I think I think it's probably fair to say when you go to some place, especially some place like where you were at, where there was a, a pretty pronounced level of poverty, where they don't have a whole lot, and so yeah. there's not very many lux luxuries afforded. You know, you hear a lot about dopamine fasting, it's mm -hmm. not about starving yourself of all these all these current luxuries like social media and um, anything really that you rely on to make you make you feel you know, artificially good mm -hmm. by triggering a release of dopamine. I think that's probably, um, probably about the, uh, 10 X level of dopamine <laughs> fasting. It's yeah. someplace where, you know, you, you can't even really effectively communicate with a lot of people yeah. who don't speak the same language. And so, yeah. And you know, good on you for doing stuff like that because yeah. I know lots of people who would not even entertain such a thing like that. I mean, they like the idea of traveling, but only if it's, like within the United States, yeah, you know? <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah, and 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 there's and there's plenty there's plenty to see here, there's plenty to yeah. take in here, but there again is a whole world outside of outside of these borders, yeah, that you're not really that you're not really uh, you're not really experiencing, and a lot of people just they don't a lot. I should say I speak for Americans because I'm an American. A lot of people that I know they just don't really want to jump that far into it because it's just too far removed from what they know. And, yeah. um, you know, and when, and so when you do stuff like that, I think that it's, uh, very commendable. Yeah. Thank, thank you. I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. It's, it's, um, even I, it's so funny when I think back on it, um, before I left for that, that trip, I was, and I, again, I had done some traveling, so I was like, okay, I'm a, I'm a traveler, but no, this was different. Right. And I was very, you know, I, I was very nervous going into it, you know, because it was just something new. Um, and it's so really interesting, like looking back on it now, like I probably wouldn't feel that way about it now. But then because it was something new and something different. But again, to your point, just getting outside of our comfort zones, doing something different, um, it just really helps break, you know, just breaks boundaries uh, mentally. Uh, and something you said also about. Uh, just these impoverished areas uh, about a year ago, a little more than a year ago, we were in uh, Namibia, which was an amazing trip, an amazing experience. And we were this really poor area called Damara land, but really amazing. The, the landscape was just marvelous. And, but we did like a tour of the neighborhood of this town. And this woman was outside with her two sons and they had a, a, a mud hut essentially and she was putting the mud, you know, essentially renovating it, but it's really cow dung. And 
you know, and after the guy, the guy told us after seven years, it starts to degrade. So essentially she's renovating her house with this cow dome, reapplying it with her sons outside in the heat, barefoot. And you just, you see that. And it just, it just shapes how you, how you, it just shapes your world and what you value and, and appreciate what you have more but also when you enter, in my experience, interacting with people in a lot of third world countries who have less, they're a lot, they're a lot kinder, you know, they're a lot more polite, they're a lot more hum you know, they're a lot more humble, a lot more generous. They seem a lot more content in life as well, um, a lot of times. So it's just again, it's just, it's just like, what what are we what are we trying to reach? What are we trying to get? Or at least what are we trying to reach and get that we feel we have to get? You know, when you see someone, you know, reapplying cow dung for two sons outside in the heat, you just you can't help but appreciate what you do have. Right. right. I think they have the advantage. Weirdly enough, they have the advantage. That they don't they don't have a point of comparison. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, everyone, li mm -hmm. everyone lives the same way that they do. They don't have Facebook and they're not seeing, you know, um, what the other side is doing, so to speak. And by the way people curate their social media. That's not really their life. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, um, I, that, I think that's, again, I think that's a big part of it as well. It's like, mm -hmm. they don't know really any difference. And, yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. I love it. I like, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. They compare. They don't have, yeah. Like compare. <laughs> exactly. So, so you, all right. So, Biohacking and traveling here seems like it's it, they walk hand in hand with one another. Yeah. So, where where are you at right now with your life and your and your sense of uh, your sense of fulfillment with your life? Oh man, um, yeah, I, I love I love you know I really get a lot of fulfillment in travel. <laughs> if, if no one has <laughs> hasn't noticed, the listeners haven't noticed. Mm -hmm. uh, I get a lot of fulfillment in that. Just I, I mentioned I've, I've mentioned this to people. I'm at the point where like, I feel at home, not at home, um, and just being somewhere unique and different. It was kind of it's kind of like what fulfills me and moves me. Um, so it's, I'm not you know just different things come up. So have to attend to so i might have to slow that up a little bit over the next few months uh we'll see um but um you know just you know learning to surrender to what life presents us is is okay um that you know my book sharing my book i'm inspired to you know writing this book now i want to write i blogged about my experience when i was in cartagena i blogged about it um so i want to take that blog and you know create a another book for people that um, can can might benefit from seeing you know how my experience um, was beneficial for me and what I did, and also people that might need some guidance and you know and wanting to volunteer abroad. So I want to start putting that together um, soon and uh, eventually um, start doing some things in travel. I'm going through a travel coach pro certification coach program. Um, and I want nice. to do some things. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I want to do some things in immersive volunteering. Um, again, that's, that's, that's what spoke to me. That's where I got my, um, uh, you know, so it's a, you, it's a word used a lot transformation, but I would say that's where I got a lot of my transformation. So just create something for people that 
might be in a similar similar situation as me that can that they could benefit from. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, well, uh, Ricardo, um, as we sort of start to wind down here too, so as yeah. kind of a closing tradition, um, I like to ask the uh, the guest here because we tend to talk, go over a lot. We talk about a lot of different things. The conversation bounces around as they tend yeah, to do. Yeah. Um, but, but if you could give the listeners one thing to remember to walk away with, if they could remember nothing else. What would you say it would be? Oh man. I would say I, I would I hope uh, that people can tell that travel and health are two things that um, inspire me. So I would just from this take, you know, if, if you haven't or do have, find something that inspires you or there's something that inspires you, maybe it's music. Maybe you want to be a coach in some sense. Maybe you want to create a, something, a store, whatever the case is different for everybody. Everybody's different. But um Find what inspires you and have that guide you. Let that guide you to creating a life that you want, um, a life that, you know, that's outside your comfort zone. But, um, you know, in my experience, doing things that push you, stretch you uh, are the most rewarding. So find something, you know, find or continue to go with whatever inspires you. Keep searching. Keep searching. Yeah. Keep searching. There you go. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Ricardo, I thank you very much for your time. Thanks for joining me on your, on your Sunday. And, um, yeah, I had, had a blast here talking to you. It was a good conversation. man. Yeah, I did too, my friend. I appreciate the opportunity to come on this Sunday. Um, yeah, you had a great conversation and, uh, learned some things myself. So I appreciate it. No problem. No problem. All right. Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, all those who are listening, this is the uh, latest episode of the Fitness Reborn podcast. Again, my name is Sean from Renaissance Fitness, uh, personal training. I will put uh, information that you can reach out to Ricardo here in the show notes as usual. I'll put Facebook uh, and maybe an email address uh, if he allows that. Um, I'll also put a link there. I'm sure there's a link that people can click to to get to your, get to your book. Is there a link that people can find your book at? Sure. Yes. It's on Amazon and, um, and Kindle paperback okay. and audible. So you can just type it in. Or if you go to Ricardo's new book, you can find it. That'll just take you right there. Cool. cool. Yeah. I'll gather that information. Yeah. There, so I'll put that in there so you can access, people can access your book as they want to. Um, uh, also don't forget. Um, I also have online courses myself, um, available for people who, I need help with uh, common deficits and strength and coordination, neuromuscular function, that sort of thing here. That'll be in the notes as well. So look for that. And uh, if you want to reach out to me, the, the email address to uh, get a hold of me is there as well. And uh, if you did also, if you could do me a big favor, everyone's listening. If you um, do get value out of this podcast and out of these episodes and to the guests I invite on here, please consider going on to Apple Podcasts and leaving a review. Um, it helps out immensely, increases the visibility of the podcast. And um, I get more people on like Ricardo here. It's great <laughs> conversations. And, uh, and uh, you know, that's, that's, it's really about all I ask from uh, anyone who's listening to this podcast. But uh, Ricardo, once again, thanks so much, man. And um, you take care, okay? Thank you, my friend. Thank you. All right. Move forever. Peace. Yeah. Hey, thanks for listening. Don't forget you can become a supporter of the show by becoming a monthly subscriber. No commitments, cancel anytime. Every little bit helps, and I'd sure love your support. 
Also, you can click any of the links to our social media platforms provided in the show notes, and you can email me at renfitnesswarriors at gmail.com. That's ren, R-E-N, fitnesswarriors at gmail.com. If you got a fitness story to tell, I'd love to hear it. And you never know, you might just find yourself on the show. Until next time, train hard. Peace.